Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Every week, Wisconsin Music Podcast will be bringing you great information on what's happening in the Wisconsin music world. For our music-loving listeners, we'll bring you music that you haven't even heard of yet from unique and talented artists and hear about their journey so far. You'll either hear live performances of their songs or songs from their selected discography. For our musicians out there wondering what they can do to further their recognition, we'll be calling upon Wisconsin music businesses and organizations to enlighten you on what they're doing to help further your music journey. And now, here's your host, Zach. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week, we have Emily Zimmer. Uh, She's a Wisconsin rock musician, and she describes herself as a soulful singer-songwriter. She also performs on guitar, bass, and she is also a music producer. She has played on hundreds of singles and albums as a session musician, has made nine albums with her own groups, and taught hundreds of music students. Zimmer, a regular performer at Summerfest and Milwaukee Pride, is a proud Wisconsin Music Ventures artist. And if you remember last week, we had Allison M. In her bio, Emily's unshakable passion for the musical art form has kept her touring, recording, and performing internationally since 2002. She is a graduate of Milwaukee Area Technical College and Carroll University. In our conversation, we're going to talk about her newest album that she recorded pretty much all by herself with a couple guest musicians on a few songs. We're also going to talk about her upcoming gigs. She has a few coming up very soon in March. She has one on March 11th at the Silver Spot Cinema in Brookfield. Then on the 19th of March, she's at Puddler's Hall in Milwaukee. And then on the 23rd, she's at the Pyramid Event Venue in Lake Mills. Two days later, she's at Zambaldi Beer in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And she ends here March 26th with McFleshman Brewing Company. If you want to see more of her dates that she's performing, go and check her out at emzimmermusic.com. That's E-M-Z-I-M-M-E-R music.com. So let's get right into the conversation with Emily. And we'll see you guys next. And we'll see you after. Let's get right into it with Emily Zimmer. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Well, thank you so much. Why don't you kind of give the audience your music origin story? How did you get into music and kind of like the path that you took to get to where you are today? Oh, gosh. Well, um, when I was a kid, uh, I was obsessed with the radio. And that was FM radio was my main source of of getting music. And I know that's that's cheesy and commercial, but it was it was the 90s and FM radio music was great. Um, and I was just obsessed with it. And I had a couple of friends who were obsessed with the radio too. And we would leave it on all night while we were sleeping or not <laughs> sleeping and, you know, listen on headphones all day. Um, and then, uh, my sister, my older sister, who's also a professional musician now, uh, got into it as far as like actually joining the choir and performing and being in musicals and things like that. And, um, I was a very bad band student, um, <laughs> as a child. And, but, but I, out of that, I actually knew that I actually figured out that I had a passion for the music that we were playing. And my sister would tell me what music was good, what bands were good and what made a band good. 
and uh, what bands, in her opinion, were not and why. And uh, we just got really into the discussion of music, and it blossomed into more. I went to a, a summer music camp at uh, UW Madison when I was a teenager, okay. and then I was with I was with kids from all over Wisconsin and and some from other states who had like really fancy schmancy music programs in their schools or in their towns, so they were like super into it at the level where they were going to go to school for music and be professionals and stuff. And I thought I want to be like you and I want to do that and I can't get enough. And right. here I am today. Nice, nice. I I laugh when you said. Um, you weren't the greatest band student because that's what my day job is. is I'm a ba- high school band director. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's fu- no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, everybody's got their own path, and you know, not every musician's gonna be a band student or a choir student or an orchestra student. They just they have to find their own way to be creative. Oh, absolutely, and I commend you for for um taking that path because you know it is tough to deal with uh the non-practicing kids which you're inevitably going to have yep. but it's also but it's also quite an extraordinary journey keeping a, a music program together and yeah. um it's it's really important it changed my my life for the positive and i know that you're changing um young people's lives for the positive so on a serious level thank you for that oh thank you thank you yeah it's it's kind of like it's one of those jobs where it's like it doesn't feel like a job. You know, it's just like I go in, I get to hang out with, you know, kids who want to be musicians or just enjoy music in general. And we have a good time. And, we, you know, I, I try to hopefully instill some good qualities of how to, you know, be a musician and all that kind of stuff. But I kind of let the kids kind of do their their own path kind of thing, whatever leads them to where they're happy with music in some way. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> so you did say you, you kind of came from a musical family. You said your sister was also a professional musician. Uh, yes. So kind of give us a little details about her. Just to, you know, kind of gives us a little bit more of who you are in a way, too. Sure, sure. Well, I do not come from a musical family. It's just me and my sister. Okay. Um, and I, I have a niece who got into it later on. She got into music and was was heavily involved in her school band programs. But really, it's just me and my sister. Uh, my sister's name is Mary Zimmer. She's a professional vocalist and vocal instructor. She's got a YouTube channel and a lesson series called Voice Hacks. So everybody should check that out because she's amazing. Um, and she's only a year, like a year and a half older than me. So we just really got into it together. And uh, it's, it's, you know, both of us wanted to pursue music as our profession from our own genuine individual separate, you know, for our own separate reasons. But it's kind of cool that it happened that way because... Good God, I need somebody to talk to about this rat race, you know, and we need to bounce we need to be able to bounce ideas back and forth and and we need someone else in the family who understands bless their hearts my my mother was an artist but she has long since passed away and uh, our family is wonderful and we're very very lucky to come from a loving unconditionally loving family. Yeah. Um but I don't know if they understand what we do or why we do it. Which is, you know, a lot of people don't. Right. Most people don't. Right, right. So you need, you really need somebody close to you to talk to about it. And 
Yeah, that's one of the reasons that I sought out your podcast, because I'm I'm talking to a lot of musicians right now about, you know, what are you doing during this COVID riddled world? Yeah. And how, how are you steering your career as a musician? And let's just throw as many ideas as possible into a big idea pool <laughs> and see what we can come up with. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, I was, you know, because of. COVID and everything kind of got the fire burning a little bit hotter. I was kind of thinking of doing a podcast for a little bit. People were kind of telling me, you know, if you're going to try to get your name out there with, you know, the things you do in music besides teaching, you should have some kind of content series or something like that. And podcast might be a good idea. So I just jumped right into it and went, you know what? I think there's a lot of great musicians in Wisconsin that need a lot of recognition. And I hope that I can try to help a little bit in some way to, bring that to fruition a little bit for them. Well, thank you for that. There's uh, a few organizations and podcasters uh, in Wisconsin today or from Wisconsin today who are pooling those ideas. Yeah. Um, I'm a part of Wisconsin Music Ventures, mm -hmm. which has a podcast called The Musician's Venture. And that's that's pooling a lot of ideas from, uh, you know, it's 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 about kind of every category of the music industry, I would say. It's very industry focused. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's pooling a lot of great ideas, as well as uh, have you? Are you a follower of Brett Newski, one of our Wisconsin musicians who's uh, getting a lot of recognition and publicity lately? No, I don't think so. Uh, he's amazing. He has some really cool songs that are super fun, and it's kind of it's kind of pop rock type stuff. If okay. I had to generalize it, that that generally um but he also has a podcast i admit i do not remember what it's called i'm sorry brett newski but he has a podcast as well and he wrote a book and uh he's spreading the good word of wisconsin music and uh you know so there's a lot of people just collecting ideas like that today and i and you're right to say that a podcast is a great way to do it i've talked with allison of wisconsin music ventures i was actually on her podcast this summer Excellent. Yeah, she's she's doing a lot of great things. And I'll have to call on Brett Newski and see uh, what he's up to lately and see if he wants to be on the podcast. Maybe we can do like a you know, guest on his and he can be a guest on mine kind of thing. That'd be kind of cool. By the way, I just looked it up. His podcast is called Dirt from the Road. Dirt from the Road. All right. So everybody check that out as well. Besides um, Allison's uh, Wisconsin Music Adventure podcast, also check out uh, his as well. Cool. Let's kind of get back to you, though. What do you want to talk about? Um, do you want to talk about your music? Do you want to talk about things you're you're a part of? You know, kind of give me an idea of what you want to kind of cover. Oh, gosh. I've got so many categories. Where do we start? All right. Let's talk about uh, my new album. Seasons let's do of that. Trouble. What's it called? It's called Seasons of Trouble. Okay. And I've got eight tracks on this bad boy. Um, and it just came out last month. It's available on all major streaming services. As well as a really easy way to uh, to download it is from Bandcamp. Yes. Um, and if you would like quick links to my social media and Bandcamp, as well as my YouTube channel, and I encourage folks to sign up for my email newsletter, um, which is totally not spam or weird data collection or whatever. Yeah. I just give you occasional announcements about my music and stuff like that. Uh, my website is emzimmermusic.com. That's E 
M-Z-I-M-M-E-R-Music.com. And uh, so this so this album, I've got eight tracks on it, and I made it all by myself, except I did have Toby Marshall from the Cock Marshall Trio, fantastic organ player and keyboard player, uh, play some Hammond B3 organ on a couple of the tracks here. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, listeners won't be able to see what's behind you, but I get to look inside um, Emily's music room here, and she's got keyboards, guitars, bass. Um, what's that little small? Drums. Go ahead. This is an electronic drum kit right here. Yeah, electronic drum kit, acoustic guitar. There's like a small four string in the corner over there. I can't see what it is because it's turned around. Well, allow me to educate you on that little rocker right there okay that is that is called the lug guitar l-o-o-g okay. guitar and it is a there are a series of lug guitars but uh their pride and joy is the three string guitar hmm. okay which is tuned tuned to the same uh tuning as the first three strings in other words the bottom three strings on a six string guitar interesting and it's uh, very kid-friendly, it's small, it's very playable, it's very good quality, which a lot of beginner and kid-sized guitars are not. No, they're not. So we got lucky with this one. And I, uh, if you go to the, if you get the Lug Guitars app, or if you go to the Lug Guitars uh, YouTube page, I am the teacher of the lessons on their app and YouTube <laughs> page. Cool. So, so. is it, so what? What's the best way to play that guitar to pick it up? Just just figure it out, or do you actually have like lesson books and stuff that go with it? Well, there's uh, the the whole series of lessons on the YouTube channel and in the app. Okay. I teach you how to make the chord shapes and okay. and how to play a couple of songs and do a couple of warm ups. Um, and you can also use there's a couple of uh, Lou guitar books that they have on their website, but you can also use a lot of the material that's made for six string guitar because the three strings on the three string Lug yeah are the same as the first three strings right, on a six right, string, and right. they also have a six string version of this guitar as well. Okay, cool. Well, let's get back to the recording. Why don't you kind of give us the in depth story of beginning to end, like how you how you started the project, how you recorded it. You said you covered most of all the instruments and then, you know, who mixed it, who mastered it and all that great stuff. Um, okay. So, uh, the way it started, I guess, I mean, I've played in bands and occasionally as a solo act for the last 20 years in, in a, a variety of different, but mostly rock related styles and for seven years, I had a band called The Zimmer Effect, which was my uh, sometimes trio, sometimes quartet. Uh, and, you know, it was, it was a really amazing thing. We made three different albums together. Uh, fantastic experience. But, you know, it's, it's hard to run a band. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's, I have to, since I'm a career musician... I have to make sure that I don't allow myself to reach burnout level with any particular facet of my career. Yeah. Uh, especially since I've been doing a lot of the different facets of my career, like teaching and performing for a long time. So it was about 
burnout time for for me running the Zimmer effect. And I just needed to let that project go. And it was an amicable separation and totally understandable for every, I think everybody needed to just let it go. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, it was just it was just that chapter of my music ending and a new chapter beginning. I still had a handful of songs that I wanted to um, record and put on an album. And then it was COVID. Yeah. You know, like the beginning of COVID time. And I mean, I do I'm all set up to record, as you can see. And I also do session work and song production and write custom songs for people and things like that. So I'm set up to just plug in and record. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to finish these music ideas. I'm not going to worry about anybody else. I'm not going to worry about the logistics of getting other people together, booking studio time someplace else. I, I'm just going to plug in and start doing it. Yeah. And I, and I did. And, uh, you know, as a result of me doing it by myself, you know, I, I would rather have other musicians input. I would rather have a better mixing engineer and a better mastering engineer. Um, so there are many, many benefits to having other brains and other skills involved. However, since it was just me, I got to take my time mm -hmm. and I and I got to experiment and I got to mess around with a lot of ideas that I wouldn't have had the luxury of time to do before. Right. So it turned out a little differently from, from other works that I've completed. And it, it took a long time and a lot of hard work. But I feel like the songs are the way that I want them, yeah. at least compositionally. They're the way that I want them, and they're all the ideas, the way that I wanted to convey them, and stylistically, they're presented the way that I want at least the full band versions of them to be presented, because I do perform all of this material solo as well. Okay. Um, but if I'm going to put it on an album, then I'm going to go all out and just complete the composition. And I mean, not that it's incomplete when I'm by myself. It's just a different... But, take on it kind of oh yeah and i tend to prefer for a recording kind of full band okay. versions of my songs so. right anyway there it is <laughs> so you played all the instruments on on this album or was there a couple people that you had play on there with you with you uh, well i had toby marshall play organ okay on two of the songs um, and he's a very amazing and interesting musician in his own right. He plays with Greg Cox band, the Cock Marshall Trio and other groups. Super nice guy, by the way. That's good. <laughs> um, I, I loved working with him and I worked remotely okay. with him. Uh, I saw that he was doing remote session work and I said, I do remote session work too. So I know how this works. Yeah. So I contacted him and said, hey, would you play... Uh, organ on a couple of these songs and he said yeah he did a great job um, everything else I played and all the vocals I did now here's my disclaimer about the drums <laughs> okay I did play the drum parts on this here electronic drum kit okay and my drum sounds themselves come from a program called easy drummer which okay. is real drum samples right um, however my disclaimer is that I corrected my mistakes 
So they're not drum samples. They're actually played. But yes, I did correct my mistakes. Now, I'm an okay drummer, but I'm not a great drummer. Okay. Let's be real. Okay. Everything else is purely me. Everything else is, I could lay down guitar and uh, guitar and bass tracks all day. Do you want to put some of the songs on the podcast for listeners to hear before they go and go to Bandcamp and buy it? I would love that. Okay. Do you want to pick like three of them? We can do like two and or three. Yeah, two, three of them. And oh, that would be great. And why don't you just kind of give us a little story behind each one if you want. We're going to definitely put little pieces on there. Okay. I've got this song called Little Pieces. It's the first single that I'm promoting off of the album. On my YouTube channel, if you look for Emily Zimmer Music, you will find the official music video for Little Pieces, uh, which, by the way, was made by my very talented friend, Wankaford. Little Pieces is a tune about the little pieces of yourself that you have to give to your passion and balancing the thought process around not giving so much of yourself that you sacrifice all of your relationships and your sanity. Gotcha. Good. And the, and the emotion that revolves around that.
in the same old silly places And I wonder why I can't feel at home Even when I'm right here in my home Now, I guess the next one that I would like to put on there would be Isn't It Hard? which is the first track off of the album. Okay. Some of my songs are very serious, and some of them sound like they might be serious, but they're super sarcastic. That one is Isn't It Hard. This one, Toby Marshall also played Hammond B3 organ on. He played on Little Pieces as well, by the way. Uh, And Isn't It Hard is my big rock tune about perspective on life. Don't look at things as if they are so hard and so difficult. Everyone's making difficult choices in their lives, and you have to look at it humorously Mm -hmm. and not fall into the everything's so hard, hum-ho part of life as much as you can. Yeah. And just laugh a little. You're right. Exactly. Isn't it hard when there's so many things to believe in? Well, I ain't searching till I'm hurting or without no meaning. Well, isn't it hard to believe in anything? Isn't it enough to belong to any place? Well, is it enough? When they say that your home's where your heart is Well, I ain't fearing when I'm nearing my destination Is it enough to belong to any place? Fine. 
I suppose the final one I would like to put on there would be, uh, let's do home water. Okay. Home water is my ode to the Great Lakes. I am a water baby. I was born at Great Lakes Naval Station. And I, I try to go into, and I mean all the way into, all the way past my head, uh, Lake Michigan once a week when the weather permits. And I'm very passionate about the water. I'm very passionate about lakes and oceans and am very grateful to live a stone's throw away from beautiful Lake Michigan. And this song expresses my joy revolving around that.
these songs sound great. So everybody, make sure you, after you listen, you go to Bandcamp. Um, I'll have all her links in the show notes and just click on those links and they'll take you right to all the things that she's been talking about. And the next thing I want to talk about is performing. Now, obviously you've performed at many different venues. Why don't you kind of give us like your venues that you like to perform at and then kind of give us an idea what your thoughts are on the local music scene. Uh, that's great. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a, a difficult discussion because, unfortunately, some of the venues that I really loved have closed yeah. since uh, since COVID. I really loved playing at the Up and Under and Rest in Peace. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, it has changed so much in the last few years. I, I guess a couple things that, that will probably never change are Summerfest and Milwaukee Pride Fest. And uh, I've played at a couple different stages at Pride Fest for seven or eight or more years. Uh, Summerfest, I've played at it on many different stages in many different bands, but most uh, frequently and most recently, the ground floor stage, oh, which is a which is a massive uh, opportunity for uh, local musicians, especially original musicians. The ground floor stage is run entirely by volunteers. They don't ask for anything. And they run this amazing stage with hundreds of local people like myself uh, performing each each year at Summerfest. Nice. Uh, as far as venues now, gosh, I mean, I don't even know what's there. I did. Uh, there is a place in... Uh, um, Wisconsin Rapids that I really love. I'm going to send a shout out to Holly Rocks. Holly Rocks in Wisconsin Rapids is one of the most fun and supportive places uh, for Wisconsin musicians, whether it's full band or just solo singer-songwriter, to go and play. Uh, that one I've got booked, though. I haven't released my next set of bookings yet. Stay okay. tuned for that. Okay. Um, also, I love the Wisco in Madison. It's a good good old-fashioned good time it's a bar type venue that's uh, again very supportive of original music and just a, like the best time yeah um I, f I as far as other places let's see the limelight pub in sheboygan i love that place fun bar to play at um Gosh, I mean, in Milwaukee, oh, a lot of places have closed, but I do, but I have played at Circle A, the best little rock club this side of the Mississippi, uh, with every, uh, just about every group I've ever had in Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, and I do intend to play there again. Um, um, oh, I know I'm forgetting a lot of great <laughs> places. I play. I played some gigs uh, sponsored by Wisconsin Music Ventures this summer. An, a, an interesting one was Story Hill Firehouse, which is like an event space okay. built in an old firehouse. Nice. It's really cool. Yeah. I also played an outdoor gig at the Sharon Lynn Wilson Center for the Arts, which is uh, um, Brookfield. Okay. And that is an interesting place. And they also have a guitar festival out there. Hmm. Uh, which I think happens in the summertime, but check out the Wilson Center for the Arts. Okay. I played some outdoor gigs at uh, the corners of Brookfield. They have a little stage and performance space where you yep. can entertain the folks in the uh, shops and things. Yep. Um, and, and I don't know what else to say because 
I'm still navigating kind of COVID era uh, performance scene. Yeah, aren't are, are most of us right now trying to figure it out? Yeah, it's tough, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, and I should send a shout out to uh, another one I played this summer, which was at, oh gosh, now I can't remember the name of the park. <laughs> okay, let me send you a link to that one because I have to go back and look what it was called because there is an organization in that area that's really... Um, that I really want folks to support because it supports original music and a local art scene and uh, supports a lot of the local history. So let me send you a link to that once I look it up. I'm okay. so sorry to that organization that I can't remember what it's called. No problem, no problem. What about the local scene attitude? What are the positives that you've seen? And then what are some of the struggles that you would like to see improved on? What I can say in the most diplomatic terms that I can possibly say okay. is that, you know, everybody know everybody on the music scene knows that cover bands make the money in this town and yeah. in most towns. Yeah. And, you know, for all intents and purpose, purposes, if that's what you want to do, if you want to do cover music and be in a tribute band and entertain people who love that, go for it. That's awesome. That's a whole area of music in itself. Um, but it, it does sometimes leave original music out of the music scene or out of certain venues or festivals or, uh, kind of off the radar, um, of an audience that might, if you brought their attention to it, enjoy original music. So I think what's happening now is that the that original music is getting a little more publicity um and as a result i'm at least finding and i know that a lot of people from organizations like wisconsin music ventures are finding that people are hungry for original music they are interested in it and they will come out and support it if they know about it. Yeah. And it's, and it doesn't interfere. I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's in competition with cover music because that's a different category. Yeah. If you want to see that, it's going to be a different set of venues. It's going to be a different set of performers. It's going to be, it's a different scenario. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, original music is being provided better scenarios. There's more original music at festivals. There's more original music, um, or original music supportive venues now than there used to be. Mm -hmm. And of course we are years and years into, uh, WMSE 91.7 here in Milwaukee, as well as 88.9 radio Milwaukee. And they draw a lot, both those stations draw a lot of attention to original music and people are accustomed to that now more than they were 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So we're starting to generate a little bit bigger of an audience and people are starting to appreciate and support original music more. Yes, I agree. When, um, the band that I was in 15 years ago, it, it was 99.9% .9 original music and, 
it was hard getting gigs because people are like, oh, I don't know. We, you know, a lot of our customers want, you know, they want cover bands, which is great. It's just not what we did. So we stuck with the festivals and kind of like that. So the gigs weren't were here and there, but they weren't, at least for us, it wasn't, you know, every weekend because it just wasn't feasible for our type of music to be playing every week, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think there's more interest now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of, I don't know if it's because people are uh, thirsting for something new now uh, instead of going back to the classics that they've heard for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. But people seem to be reaching out a little bit more for things, for uh, music that's new. Right. True. Um, so we talked about, we just got done with the scene attitude. We talked about your current project. So when you recorded your latest album, you did it all at at your own place. What, Mm -hmm. what equipment were you using for recording? Oh gosh. Uh, well, I've got my Alesis drum kit back here right? with easy drummer, which, um, I really liked. I've got my, my, Digital audio workstation for this album was PreSonus Studio One Professional. Okay. And I use that a lot for my session work and custom song work as well. I also really like Logic Pro, and I use that for the same types of work, but I didn't use it on the album. Okay. Um, I uh, love my guitar and bass collection. <laughs> <laughs> If, I've got a couple of cheapo jazz basses that I've sort of customized to my own liking. I've got three Stratocasters. I've got a Telecaster, an American Telecaster that's like my pride and joy. I've got a Gibson SG. I've got uh, that acoustic guitar back there, which is an Alvarez Jumbo. Nice. I really love a Jumbo acoustic guitar. Yeah, there's a big sound to it. Yeah, it just sounds great. It yeah. sounds great in front of a microphone. I no matter how good of electronics you have in that thing, it always performs best just with Acoustic. a microphone in yeah. front of it. Yeah, huge sound as well as uh, I, that. This album even features a couple of my Lug guitars. Nice. There's that little nylon string one right there. Is yeah. in a couple of the songs as well as I have a steel string one that's featured in Home Water. And and uh, just myself and a blue, a bl- I have a blue microphone. Okay. The blue is the brand. Right. And that's what I recorded my vocals and any acoustic guitars on. And nice. that that's about it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really use a lot. What was the the interface that you used? I have a the PreSonus audio box okay. that came with my <laughs> PreSonus. Daw. Uh, Daw. Okay. And I, I have pre-Sonus speakers too. Um, and I'm and I'm going on my MacBook. No, actually, I recorded this whole thing on my old Mac. Okay. I had a desktop Mac that uh, I had a 2011 uh, desktop Mac. Yeah. That I ran all of this stuff on. Right, and you know. You're not doing every instrument at one time, so when you're doing just a little one at you know a little bit at a time, it, that doesn't really matter how powerful your computer is to a certain extent. 
That's true. It had a little bit of trouble with uh, running lots of different plugins at the same time. That's different. Yes, I understand that. You know, like the running Easy Drummer and running my amp plugins mm -hmm. at at the same time uh, sometimes was tough. I had to do a little tweaking. I had to do some workarounds to make it work every time correctly. But that's you know I'm not I'm not. Please disclaimer, I am not computer knowledgeable enough to argue the Mac versus PC versus blah 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 debate. Yeah. I don't really care about no, that. No. But from a person from an ignor a, a computer ignoramus's perspective, um that old Mac never let me down. I could run my DAW and tab notation software and video software all at the same time and it never let me down yeah so without having to do a bunch of tweaking and put a bunch of hootie hoos and <laughs> squizzly squizzly squiz into my computer um to just buy it and turn it on and start doing my thing i i was uh pleasantly shocked that it kept going for seven or eight years with yeah. all, doing all of that at the yep. same time. Yep, yep. Next question I have for you is work-life balance. Is that something that you're struggling with or something that you've kind of um, got control of? Yes, I am struggling with it. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am. Oh my gosh, let me tell you. I'm getting better though. That's good. I'm a, I do, uh, music is my full-time career. And in order to do music full time a lot of people do it through having multiple income streams multiple ways to make a living as a musician yep and then you know at some point you might balance out and have something become your specialty and you run with it um i have yet to i, I don't i don't have a specialty and I don't really want one th particular thing or another to necessarily be my specialty. Mm -hmm. uh, so number one for me on the priority list and on the passion list is my original music and recording and performing my original music. Um, unfortunately, it's not the number one income generator. <laughs> Hopefully someday it will be. Right. But, uh, but it isn't at the moment. It's one of many. Uh, so I so I teach lessons as well. I've taught lessons for it's coming up on 14 years now. And I've had a lot of great opportunities to teach online. I teach through a platform called LessonFace.com, which is amazing. Um, and I've had a lot, lot of opportunities due to my involvement with the Lou Guitar Company, which is also amazing. Um, I Let's see, what else do I do? I do session work remote mostly remote session work which means that you can hire me to play guitar or bass or occasionally mandolin because i do a little bit of that on your recording as well as i do full song production which means that i can take a song idea uh, no matter how raw it is and turn it into a full band fully produced full instrumentation um song nice a and uh i I also write custom songs and produce custom songs right. for people's events, loved ones, special occasions, companies, 
holidays, you name it. I just wrote one about retirement for a friend's retirement event. Cool. Um, so all of the, so I do that type of work through two main platforms. One of them is airgigs.com, airgigs.com. One of them is soundbetter.com. And you can see links to both of them at my website, emzimmermusic.com. Okay. And you can hire me through right through air gigs and, and sound better, whichever one floats your boat. Right. Um, I also am putting together a library of music, which I would like to use for sync licensing purposes. Okay. For anyone who doesn't know what that is, synchronization licensing is when your music is used for commercial purposes. So that could be television, film, video game, commercial, and a couple of other of those types of categories. Right. Um, so the music that you hear in the background on your favorite TV shows, the music that you hear in that car commercial, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, I, so I will be submitting that to music libraries very soon. I just want to make sure I actually have a decent catalog of music to submit. So I'm in the process of that. I'm also making rap beats. All right. So if you want the music for your rap and hip hop tunes, I love doing that. I grew up on nineties R and B and hip hop. So I'm also making that music as well. Nice. And I haven't, there's not a lot of it out to the public yet because again, I want to make enough of them right. that I can actually start putting them out and giving people a little bit of a breadth of work. Um, let's see, what else do I do? Um, do you do anything for fun besides music that's oh out, outside of music? Uh, well, I took up taekwondo a few years ago okay and i uh got my first degree black belt a couple months ago so nobody mess with you so unless you're better at me than taekwondo which is entirely <laughs> possible but i did get my first degree black belt recently so i do that for fun what else do i do for fun gosh i wish more i mean you this started because you were asking me about life work balance right so what I'm trying to do right now <laughs> is to make is to make my potential income generating uh, uh, avenues actually generate more income. I mean, one of the reasons for the sync licensing thing is because it has the potential uh, to be a passive income generator. And of course, that has to grow from a tiny little seed at first into if you're in it for years and years mm -hmm. something substantial right it's a great way that musicians like myself who want to have their most valuable asset opened up which is time yes if time opens up for a schmuck like me i've got more opportunity to focus on my number one endeavor which is my original music and performing and recording and promoting mm -hmm. that great it it also allows me to obtain my sanity reobtain my sanity and do things like getting getting enough sleep and spending time with my spouse and my family yeah you know i mean number one in my life outside of music is that and um 
balancing these million things that I do. I mean, the way I've kind of done it lately is I have a day that's assigned to each task. Now, I teach lessons five days a week, but it's not it's not for eight straight hours okay. at a time. Right. It's a little shorter than that. Um, so for a few more hours, I can assign that to this is sync licensing day, and I'm only going to focus on that. Gotcha. And tomorrow is booking and promotion day where I do all of my social media and send out the booking emails and the booking calls. And then maybe the next day is creative day. So mm -hmm. that's the day when I get to write my songs, rehearse my songs. If I'm recording something of my own at that time, I can record it. And then maybe the next day is the session work and the custom songwriting. I hit that really hard. That sounds like a great you know, plan. It's, yeah. It's, it's the closest I can get to sanity and regularity mm -hmm. when my work week is like 60 70 hours long yeah and also i don't talk to anybody on sundays so don't try to get a hold of me on a sunday i'm not talking to you every device goes off nice my spouse adrian and i spend it together good and we're not talking to you so you gotta have a day off and and you're echoing a lot of things that um I had a past guest on Emily White, who had, is an author who of um, how to build a sustainable music career and collect all revenue streams. And a lot of things that she's saying, you're also saying you got to be organized. You have to kind of know what sync licensing is. You have to, you know, all these different things to collect all your revenue services from you know, all the music that you've done. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like the sync licensing thing. Um, as I said, as a potential passive income generator. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every every style of music is sync licensable. That is something that a person can pursue with their own, like, heart and soul number one original music. Yes. Which I do. But I also write music that is more commercial sounding specifically just for that purpose so i'm not very emotionally attached to it but it serves a really good function right and you know you have to do you have to do these things outside of your music that you're super passionate about uh in order to like i said open up your greatest asset which is time yeah and and you know your second greatest asset is resources which quite often come in the form of well revenue you know, and and it, it's 100% possible for you to just make a great living just off of your original music. Lots of people have done it. Mm -hmm. It's totally possible. Um, but it's not, but one pathway is not right for everybody. And if you have multiple talents and multiple interests, you know, you can turn them into revenue streams. But I recommend getting some education. If you want to know how to do it, ask someone who's already doing it yeah. or take a course from someone who's already successful in doing it. Right, right. But there's nothing wrong with having all those different avenues. It doesn't take away from your passion. No, it, it doesn't. It, it's not a backup plan. No. It's not something to make your mom happy. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it, it's not something to get grandma to stop worrying. Right. It's... It's uh, 
something to open up more opportunity to do to do what you love and maintain your sanity and regularity. Yep. I'm going to have to stay in touch with you because I run a mixing recording business and I'm going to need people like you that can take a singer songwriter and make it into like a bigger band arrangement or anything. I'd love to please, please stay in touch because that's what I do. Definitely. I only have a couple more questions for you. And the, the next one is what gig has made an impression on you as an artist or as an audience member? Oh goodness. Um, God, one of the best, uh, performances that I've ever seen and I've seen everybody because I live in the town of Summerfest but one of the best performances that I had the best time at that I've ever seen was Susan Tedeschi nice uh for anyone who doesn't know she's like a bluesy she's she goes into bluesy folky soul type of music if I had to sum it up mm -hmm. and she's an excellent a female guitar icon and uh, man was her band bad ass yeah. that was one of the Summerfest ones yeah. that was like uh, like uh, Harley Davidson stage or, or Briggs and Stratton or something like that she had a full horn band she was rocking out on guitar and and had these amazing backup singers and just oh my god she was 100% the whole way through mm -hmm. um another great one that i so haven't seen for many years was Bela Fleck and the Flecktones yeah great band oh my god just amazing the Jeff Coffin the saxophone player who plays two saxes at once legend legendary bass player Victor Wooten you know, talk about the electron, the evolution of electronic percussion. Future Man, who was the percussionist for that group, has a guitar-shaped drum machine mm -hmm. thing that he just plays the hell out of. And, of course, the legendary Bela Fleck. Right, right. And everybody else involved. Uh, performance that I've done that, that meant a lot to me would, uh, gosh. I got the one that I'm looking the most forward to in this next string of gigs that I'm booking right now is Holly Rocks. Okay. In Wisconsin. Because it's just, you know, there aren't that many of its kind left, though I think they're coming back a little bit. It's like a good old-fashioned rock club. It's a, it's a bar that you make a stage out of, and you throw your stuff up and you play for two, three hours. But there's always people there. And the people are always supportive and it's always a great time and they treat you nice and it's just a good old fashioned rocking time. And nice. that's that's what I like the most. I don't care that much about being on a huge stage. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care that I'm open to it. Don't get me wrong. But I don't you know, <laughs> I don't care that much about, you know, all the bells and whistles and all of that. I, the the genuine experience is is what does it for me great when are you going to be announcing your dates um well probably february march okay you know is when i'll is when i'm i'm booking from february on right now so sometime closer to then is when i'll actually put up the roster okay and the reason i i kind of asked you that is because by the time this comes out, that might be close to when your dates get announced. So. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, um, 
send you a link to where I post those as well. All right. I'll put those um, in the show so notes. So that you have, have that for when it comes. Excellent. Excellent. And the last question I have for you is, who are you listening to right now that you think should get some shout outs to get a little bit more recognition? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to shout out to my WMV, my Wisconsin Music Venture artists. Uh, ben Harold and The Rising just came out with a great album called These Days. Um, let's see. Um, I've been speaking to the gentleman from the group called Hollow Tribe, and he's got a couple of live performances on his website right now, and uh, I think they need recognition. The Rogue Electrics is a band that I'm friends with. I've played with many, many times through the years and shared bandmates with. Nice. And their latest album is called Strangers of the Moment. Let's see. Gosh, I mean, I have to think about it because there's so many. Uh, you've stumped me because now that I'm trying <laughs> to think of them, I can't, you know? That's okay. But, uh, you know, I'll send you a list of that as well. And uh, Sure. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Whatever you want to send, I'll definitely put in the show notes for, you know, all your links and everything else. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, Emily. It was great information. It was great talking with you. You're Highly talented, obviously. You've been in this for a long, long time. And as most musicians, we just get better and better with age, just kind of like wine. Oh, well, thank you for saying so. I'll remember <laughs> that as the gray hairs start sprouting. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I beat you to it. I'm starting to get it here and here a little bit. So, hey, there we go. It's wisdom. It's yeah. wisdom, right? <laughs> right? Thank you so Thank you so much for having me, Zach. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you being on. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that I had with Emily. I know I did. So, Emily, thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. We have such great, talented musicians all over the state of Wisconsin. And if you're interested in being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast, I have a short form on the website at wisconsinmusicpodcast.com. And it's just a quick guest request form. Put in your name and your email address. It sends me a notification. And then I automatically send an email out to you asking for your bio and your music links and some other questions about your music life and once i get a chance to look through your stuff i will send you a link to our scheduling calendar and you can sign up for the best time and date for you to have your interview here on wisconsin music podcast so thank you so much for listening in this week to the wisconsin music podcast and we'll see you next tuesday thanks